Thank you, students. Thank you. Um, I have a few things I want to share with you. Um, last last Sunday, uh, we handed out three by five cards. It was very very simple. These three by five cards were meant for you to take someone that you've been praying for, or that you're going to pray for, to att- come to church. Maybe it's Christmas Eve. Uh, our Christmas Eve uh, <clears throat> time together is really going to be something that's meant for those who are uh, unchurched people. And so um, the idea was for you to take this card and write a name on it and just begin to pray for an opportunity to invite them to church. And then also we were asking you um, to pray about a, a specific amount that God would put on your heart that you could give for our building campaign, that you would say, Lord, uh, you know what? We're, we're cool where we are, but this is not our home. I'm going to pray it. Give me a specific amount that, that I could pray about and that I could watch you uh, happen, let, let, watch you make it happen. Um, it might be something you don't have right now. You might not know where it's going to come from, but you, uh, by faith, are going to write something down and just ask. Ask God what it is and then participate and watch God do it because that's one of the key things is participation. Uh, all of all of us doing all of this together. And so I wanted to kind of remind you of that. And uh, it, you know what? If you didn't get a 3 by 5 card last week, just grab one, okay? And put that information on there. <clears throat> and uh, let's see what the Lord does. Let's see what the Lord does. Um, I wanted to just real quickly um, uh, uh, acknowledge Pam. Would you stand up very quickly, Pam? We, we attended a... Um, uh, um, uh, a retirement party for her at the U.S. Attorney's Office, and I mean, she has been an amazing person working over there, and uh, it was so amazing to see just that all the entire uh, uh, office there. There had to be about 40 people in the room just honoring her for her work and her labor that she has done on behalf of the Lord and on behalf as a, as a, a servant to the community. So would you just uh, uh, acknowledge her? How many, 15... Yeah, 15 years, and uh, amen, amen. I mean, I mean, uh, to see uh, there are some pretty powerful people in the room, and to see them honor this woman of God was uh, was pretty cool. And so, uh, give her a high five and a hug, you know, if you would um, uh, 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 later on. Um, also, I wanted to say this: uh, last week, if you were here. Uh, I made some comments. I made some comments. How many, first of all, how many of you got my email? <clears throat> okay, how many of you, okay, put your hands down, about 20 of you. How many of you guys uh, even do email? Okay, the same amount. All right. So, so, uh, so is email an effective way to communicate with you if we get it? Okay, okay, if we get it. Okay, all right. All right, so, uh, okay, so some of you, we don't have email addresses for you, and that may be why you didn't get my email. And so inside your bulletin, you, there's a little tear-out portion. You put your name and your email address. If you are uh, consider this church your home, but we don't, if you didn't get my email, it's because we don't have it, all right? And so you can drop it in in the offering box on your way out, all right? So last week I made some comments about, about the elections. I made some comments about Hillary Clinton, and there were some folks that felt like um, uh, what I said was inappropriate. Uh, some felt like it was uh, insensitive, and I just wanted to share with you, since I made the statements publicly, I was not trying to do that. It came across that way. I apologize. I ask your forgiveness. 
That's not my heart. That's not anything that, uh, 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 you know, uh, that I intend to do. It was something that I didn't think through clearly enough. And so I ask your forgiveness for that. And if you've got any, 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 any concerns about that, uh, again, I'll be more than happy to talk to you. But uh, that was not the intent of my heart to do that. And um, I was not trying to be that, but that's the way it came across. And so please forgive me for that. You know what? Uh, learned a valuable lesson. And again, if any of y'all want to talk to me further on that, if you weren't here, you can go, oh, I didn't even hear it. Cool. That's what someone said to me. Someone said to me, hey, what? What? I saw your email. What are you talking about? I go, were you at church? They go, yeah. So I said, okay, well, I'll, you know, we'll talk later. But uh, I do want to, seriously, though, I want to apologize for that if that offended in any way if it came across insensitive that was not my heart at all okay is that cool is that cool so if you is if there needs to be further discussion i'd be more than happy to uh, talk with you about it all right with that let's all stand up <clears throat> this is uh the holiday season that we're entering into and it is uh a joyous time it's a difficult time for many reasons. Maybe it's because of a sense of loss, maybe a loss in your family. Maybe there's a, a, ta- a, 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 a seat at the Thanksgiving table where someone won't be there who has always been there. Um, maybe it's a, a season of great testing or great trial or great difficulty. And it's supposed to be a time of family and Thanksgiving and maybe you're just not feeling that right now. Maybe it's a time where resources are very, very thin in your life, and you're like, wow, Lord, how are we going to do this? Um, uh, so it's a, it's a joyous time, yes. Yes, it's a uh, thankful time, and, it's, uh, and, and for some, it's a hard time. It's a hard time. We don't want to uh, assume that uh, it's going to be a fantastic celebration for everyone. It may not be. So today we're going to talk about um, joy and peace and how the two go together and what that means. All right. And so uh, let's pray that God would speak to our hearts. That's what God does. God speaks to our hearts. He speaks through his word. Let's pray that he does that. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you for this opportunity to be here this morning. Lord, um, we ask that you would have your way, that you would speak your truth, speak your word. Lord, uh, your word has a a goal. It has uh, something that it wants to accomplish, something that it wants to do. Let it be done, O God, in this place. Jesus, we say yes to you right now. Whatever it is that you may question, whatever it is you may uh, uh, place on our hearts, we say yes, Lord. Let it be done. Let it be done. God, we receive your word right now. Uh, We thank you for the uh, fellowship we share in Christ Jesus. We thank you for the worship that that we can come together and worship together. And we ask you, God, to uh, show yourself strong in this place. Speak by your Holy Spirit and give us ears to hear whatever you want to say. And we ask it in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Would you give someone a high five and have a seat, please? All right. Um, Very cool. So... So who couldn't use a little bit more, uh, a little bit more joy uh, uh, today? Yeah, uh, who couldn't use a little bit more peace uh, uh, today? And uh, sometimes it's uh, it's in short supply. 
Uh, there's things that we deal with in our own lives. There's things that, um, uh, that are happening in our city. Things that just sort of uh, uh, grieve your heart. Uh, I, I will say this, that uh, last night I was at a, um, at a, a fundraising banquet for First Choice uh, Women's uh, Pregnancy Counseling Center. And um, I did not know this, but they are one of the busiest uh, pro-life agencies in America. And they are literally 40 yards away from the largest abortion clinic in the state. And uh, it's, uh, it's an amazing, amazing uh, work that they're doing. And I think the number that they gave last year, they saved how many babies? 3,000. Was that the number? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, 3,000 children. And so, um, <clears throat> so it was just an amazing, amazing uh, uh, experience to, to be there last night. Um, but uh, uh, things that we deal with in our city, things that we deal with in, in our nation, um, uh, international, uh, international events can, can, can just kind of leave you reeling. And it's almost like you, you, you want to watch the news, but you don't. And, and, and if you get news alerts from your favorite news agency, sometimes it's like, oh, no, what, what, what happened now? Uh, it's kind of uh, the, the atmosphere uh, that we live in, and, and yet in the Bible, there's, there's these words that, uh, 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 that, that are linked together, and that's joy and, and peace. And, and a, a couple of times throughout the New Testament in particular, we see those words linked together. And so we're doing a series through the, the fruit of the Holy Spirit or the fruit of the Spirit. And as we talked about last week, uh, we have the gift of the Holy Spirit that we get when we become followers of Jesus, where God's Spirit comes and lives within us. It's an amazing dynamic. It's a supernatural thing that happens when God takes His Spirit and He, 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 he dynamically unites to you. Uh, you are no longer the same. Uh, uh, the Bible says that if, if you're in Christ Jesus, that is, you have a relationship with him, you're a new creation. And Jesus said it this way. He said that you have to be born again. And the religious leader said, man, you know, what are you talking about? Or you mean, like, how do we re-enter our mother's womb and get born again? He goes, no, no, I'm not talking about physical birth. This is a spiritual thing that has to happen. And they're like, okay, we sort of get it. No, we don't get it. Okay, so um, uh, it's, a, it's a thing that happens that is supernatural. Um, and then we talked about just briefly how there's the gifts of the Spirit, these things that we operate in that are amazing uh, 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 gifts that are helped to, uh, uh, are to build up and edify and encourage the body of Christ. And, and then we have the graces of the Spirit. And, uh, and we said last week that it's the graces of the Spirit and the things that we're talking about that are, that are really the most important. Because if I'm operating in, 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 a, in a gift of the Holy Spirit, but I'm not operating in love, Paul the Apostle says, that profits you nothing. You get a zero for that, nothing. And you're thinking, oh, man, I'm really moving and shaking in my gift. And you know what? The Holy Spirit's like, no, you're not, because you don't have love. You don't have love. And so... So Paul the Apostle is speaking to, to the church in, in, in Galatia, and, and they've got some issues. You know, it's kind of funny when you read about these churches in the, in the New Testament, you think, man, this church is all messed up. These people got issues. 
they got problems. And then and you kind of think, man, sometimes we're kind of all messed up and Sometimes we have problems and we have things we deal with. And so it is so relevant to us today. But he's comparing and contrasting uh, two different lifestyles. Uh, and he, he compares the, the works of, of the flesh. And we talked about what that was. And, and, and he gives a big long list of all these particular things that were things that were the, the church in Galatia were struggling with. And, and then he talks about the fruit of the Spirit. And he, he compares and contrasts basically someone who's operating in the things of the flesh, which is just our, our sinful, carnal nature that we all have. And, and the way that that nature lives, and he contrasts that with the fruit of the Spirit. And so Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, and we're going to get right into it this morning. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, Patience, kindness, goodness, wait, 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 kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Um, against such things there is no law, and those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Uh, crucifying the flesh means that you, 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 the old nature, that old sinful man, uh, you, you put that to death. Uh, and you do that on a daily basis. And so today, um, joy and peace, the fruit of the Spirit, is the overflow of the life of Christ living in me by His Spirit. It causes me to live. A, it turns out that when I, if I am a follower of Jesus, that my life should reflect that. And it turns out that I should live in a certain way. In other words, you ought to be able to look at my life and say, okay, his life is different. You know, uh, uh, Pam, as she was just being honored by all of these folks uh, this, this week, there's a, they noted the difference in her life because she's in a very, a very high stress High emo- these cases that these folk, this is high stress, high emotion, and 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 they honored her for her work, and also for those graces of the spirit. Where can, can I just brag on you like a little bit more, Pam? It's okay. I know, I know. She's like that's enough already. Um, but that is the truth. It, I should, th- my life should reflect that. So last week we looked at love, and First John four nine says says this. By this, the love of God was manifested in us, that God sent his, his only begotten Son into the world so that we might live, everybody say it, what does it say? Through him. That's how, now, see, that's how I do it. It's, this is not just, I think I can, I think I can, I think I can, I'm going to try harder, I'm going to try harder. No, I'm really going to try harder. No, I promise you, I'm not going to blow up anymore. I won't, I'm not, don't tell me I am. Yes, I'm, no, 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 it's, it's letting God's, it's a life of Christ living through me. That's, that's what I need. See, told you it was supernatural. That means you can't do it on your own. We're going to get to that a number of times. So it's God's love as the fruit of the Spirit. The first one is love. It's God's love manifested in me and, and, and living out through me because the Son of God uh, uh, lives in me. And so because of that, uh, it's His love in me poured out to others. It's his love in me poured out to others. It comes from him. That's the source. And it's the same with the other fruit of the Spirit or the graces of the Spirit. Okay, let me just say this now. 
Regarding joy, then we're going to focus on this one, then we'll get to peace. Regarding joy, I, would, I, would, I was thinking about this last night, and I was thinking that before I was a, a uh, well, I kind of always believed. I mean, I, I, I believed in God. I mean, when I was 22, 23, 24, 25 years old, if you just would have caught me and said, excuse me, sir, we're taking a random survey. Uh, Do you believe in God? Of course I believe in God. There has to be a God. Okay. You believe in God? Yes. Okay. Do you have a Bible? Yes, I do. Do you ever read it? No. (laughs) Do you ever pray? No. Coincidentally, when... When I played basketball at UNLV, Coach Tarkanian was very superstitious about things. And one of the things that he always had in the little huddle before we'd run out on the court is prayer. (laughs) To my recollection, nobody on that entire bench was a Christian at all. And so guess who would lead the prayer? He'd, look, you know, he'd bark out some instructions. He goes, okay, Rich, lead the prayer. And I remember thinking, why does he ask me to pray all the time? I should have asked him, Coach, can you ask someone else to pray? Uh, God, uh, 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 help us to win. Um, help us to shut down number 23 because he's killing us. Um, we, just, Yeah. Uh, amen. amen. Oh, that was a great prayer, Rich. Uh, I don't know. I'm pretty clueless here. <laughs> Isn't that funny? It's hilarious. Anyway, but I would have to say that before I embraced Christ, there's a difference between just knowing him and, and, and embracing. There's a big difference. But before that, I would say I was a pretty joyful person. I I, I would say that you know, I, I enjoyed my life. You know, I wasn't like broke. I wasn't toe up from the flow up. You know, I mean, uh, 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 I, 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 I had a good job and, and had a nice car and, and I had good friends. And, and we liked to, you know, you know, I traveled, you know, not a whole lot, but I traveled. And, and, and we, you know, I was, I was a pretty joyful guy. Okay, I mean, I, I think, I mean, I, I wasn't like, you know, kick to the curb, right? I wasn't, but uh, so, but I'm going to get back to that. Um, so David Guzek, who's a Bible commentator and a pastor, says this. He goes this. One of the greatest marketing strategies ever employed is to position the kingdom of Satan as the place where the fun is and the kingdom of God as the place of gloom and misery. But the fruit of the Spirit is joy. Ah. Okay, okay, we'll get to this. Joy. So the first place that joy is mentioned in the Bible is not, like if you open up your Bible to Genesis or or Leviticus, no, no, the first reference to joy is actually in the book of Job, which is one of the earlier books of the Bible. I know you kind of, you go through the list, you think, yeah, but it's like, it's like almost, you know, it's almost a third of the way into the Bible. Okay, but chronologically... He references joy, the first place we, uh, we come across joy, and this is what he says. God is, see, uh, <clears throat> God's having a discussion with Job, and he's asking some pretty hard questions that Job doesn't have the answer to, and, uh, and this is what God says. Where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Tell me if you know so much. Okay, right there, you know, that's a bad day at school, all right? It's like, I, uh, 
uh, can you, uh, can I phone a friend? <laughs> what do you mean by the foundations of the earth? Well, who determined its dimensions and stretched out the surveying line? What supports its foundation and who laid its cornerstone? Look at verse 7. As the morning stars sang together and all the angels shouted for joy. Oh, can you, can you picture it? God is saying, God, the, the, the beauty of creation and the, and the foundations and the, and the marvel of all creation. Job, where were you when all of that, when, we, when, I, when I spoke that into existence, he says this, that the angels shouted for joy. Like, this is, could you imagine? They witnessed it and went, dude, this is incredible. This is awesome. It's amazing. There was joy. Joy, right? Now, it turns out that the Lord commands his people to have a good time. In the Old Testament in particular, they had to bring the joy, if I could use that terminology. One of the uh, celebrations is the Feast of Tabernacles or the Feast of Booths. And that commemorated or looked back to God's deliverance of the children of Israel through uh, out of Egypt and through the promised land and into uh, uh, through the wilderness and into the promised land during those 40 years uh, and it was a celebration to remember God's provision and so people would make these temporary shelters and and live in them and to this day the people do this as well uh, the, the feast of tabernacles um, and it began and ended with a day of rest uh, during this time frame, people weren't to work. And this was very strange in a, a society where, where people didn't get time off or weekends off. Or, oh, no, no, there were no celebrations like that. And so this is what Leviticus 23.39 says. We're talking about the Lord commanding his people to bring the joy. This is what it says. Remember, verse 39, remember that this seventh day festival to the Lord. How about that, huh? How about you taking seven days off and telling your boss you're going to party with the Lord? Uh, oh, it's festival time. I'll see you in a week. Got to go have a good time with God. The festival of shelters uh, begins on the 15th day of the appointed month after you have harvested all the produce of the land. The first day of the eighth day of the festival will be days of complete rest. The first day and the eighth day. On the first day, gather branches from magnificent trees, palm frauds, bows, and from leafy trees and willows that grow by the streams. Then celebrate with joy before the Lord your God for seven days. Okay? Now, watch this. You must observe this festival to the Lord for seven days every year. This is a permanent law for you, and it must be observed in the appointed month from generation to generation. God commands his, his people to have a good time. Notice it's after the harvest, because in an agrarian society, if you don't have rain, you don't have crops. And what God was saying is, I'm the God of the rain, and as long as my people are walking and following me, I'll make sure that it rains so that you have crops, and then I want you to bring that to me and have a good time. I want you to celebrate. Celebrate with me. See, it turns out that the Lord desires his people to be joyful. Oh, oh, that's not the God that I kind of pictured when I was a non-believer uh, when I was a, not, I hadn't embraced Christ. I, I didn't picture God as a God who wanted his people to have joy. 
I kind of picture God as someone that you just did not want to cross. And you you just, you know, you can't really, God is up there and, you know, I'm, I know I'm not living a life that was probably pleasing to him, but don't don't cross God, man, you know, and I don't know. What did I know? All right, so what do we do? What do we do with so much happening around us? There's disappointment. There's discouragement. There's circumstances. Do we just deny our circumstances and kind of pretend that we're joyful no matter what? Do we pretend that what's happening really isn't happening and and, and do we deny our feelings or deny the reality? And the, and the answer to that is no. Turn your Bibles or open up your, your, your Bible app to Acts chapter 5, verse... Uh, um, well, actually, I'm going to James, so excuse me. James chapter 1, verse 2 through 4. Um, James has uh, uh, some words he wants to give the people about trials. Uh, trials, temptations, difficulties, hardships things that are are very, very difficult, things that are just a part of life. And he says this, he says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great what? Joy. Okay. Uh, Let's read this again. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is, what's that word? Tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. So uh, James McDonald, uh, uh, a pastor in Chicago, uh, says this about joy. He says, joy is a supernatural delight. A supernatural delight in the person of God, in the purposes of God, and in the people of God. I thought, that's good. A supernatural delight in the person of God, in the purposes of God, and in the people of God. And so, four questions that need to be answered in our hearts every day to help us have joy. Four things that we need to settle, agree with, trust in and ask ourselves every day. Number one, you can write this down if you like to. Do you believe that God is in control? Okay, don't answer. Do you believe that God is in control in the minute details of our lives? It's easy to see that when something supernatural happens and we walk away scratching our heads going, wow, man, that was That was amazing. Now, that had to be God. There's just no way. There's just no way, right? I mean, and and we look at those situations, you know, and I've shared with you the story of how how we're in a flea market in Hawaii, you know, Aloha Stadium flea market. That's the place to go if you're shopping. And just don't bother with all that other, just go right to the flea market, right? I mean, uh, swap meet. You you can't go wrong with a swap meet in Hawaii. And uh, we're walking we're, y'all know what I'm talking about. Uh, uh, we're, I'll, I'll, I'll spare you the details. Bottom line is I'm walking in, really trying to find my wife because we got to go. And, and, and walking right next to me is an old friend of mine, like from way, way back in the, in the day. 
uh, who played basketball to you know uh, 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 from Southern California, and uh, and and it was like and, and I saw him and I go, what is the probability of running into you in a swamp meet at Aloha Stadium in Hawaii? And he just shook his head. He just shook his head. You know, and you, we walk away from that and go, man, God is so sovereign. God is so in control. The question is, do we believe that God is in control? Do we believe that God is, is behind the scenes orchestrating every circumstance in our life? Now, when something like that happens, we give testimony and say, man, God, that was awesome. But you know what? There are other things that we think, God, how could you, God, do you even know what I'm going through? God, do you see this? God, do you, under, do you, God, where are you in the midst of this? You, you know, over here, it's like, okay, yeah, we get that. Over here, it's like, God, what, what's up? And so we have to ask this question. Do we believe that God is in control of the minute details of our lives? Do we believe that? Number two, do we believe, do you believe that God is good? Do you believe that? You believe that God is good. And there are circumstances that happen. We say, God, you are good. God, you're awesome. And there are other circumstances. We go, God, what's up with that? God, where are you? Are you serious? There's no way. I know you're good, God. I know you are. But, yeah, that's a reasonable thing to think. But questions. Do you believe that God is control? Do you believe that God is good? Here's another one that I think is critical. Do you believe that God is good to you? Because there's a difference between believing that God is good and believing that God is good to me. God, are you good to me? Yes, yes, God. I believe that. You know, kind of like no matter what. Thank you, Miss Jen. I, I have some tea here, but I'll take that too. Thank you. Do you believe that God is good to me? Do you believe that? And during these trials, difficulties, when your faith is tested, you have to remind yourself, God, you're in control. God, you're good. God, you're good to me. And here's a fourth thing that we have to ask ourselves is, are you willing to wait by faith until you see it? Are you willing to wait by faith until you see it? Lord, I don't see it now. I don't see it now. I don't see where you're at in the midst of all of this. But boy, that endurance, which we'll talk about patience, but that endurance to wait until you see it. And then the, the place of, of believing that and waiting even when it never happens. To say, God, you are good. And God, you are good to me. And, Lord, I'm going to wait under this. And even if I never see it, I still believe it. I still believe it. Man, oh. So I believe that's why James would say, consider it an opportunity for great joy. When you go through various trials and temptations and testings. Not thank you for that. That horrible thing that happened, but Lord, in the midst of it. Spurgeon said this, believers are not dependent upon circumstances. Their joy comes not from what they have, 
but from what they are. Not from what, where they are, but from, from whose they are. Not from what they enjoy, but from that which was suffered for them by their Lord. Okay, okay. Uh, someone uh, said this, Men have pursued joy in every avenue imaginable. Some have successfully found it while others have not. Uh, perhaps it would be easier to describe where joy cannot be found. And joy is not found in unbelief. Voltaire, uh, an atheist, was, was an infidel of the most pronounced type. And he wrote, I wish I had never been born. Not in pleasure, Lord Byron lived a life of pleasure. If anyone did, he wrote, the worm, the canker, and grief are mine alone. Not in money, Jay Gould, an American millionaire, had plenty of that. When dying, he said, I suppose that I am the most miserable man on earth. Not in position and fame, Lord Beaconsfield uh, enjoyed more than his share of both. He wrote, youth is a mistake, manhood a struggle, old age, a regret. Not in military glory, Alexander the Great conquered the known world in, in, in his day, and having done so, he wept in his tent before he said, there are no more worlds to conquer. Not in beauty, it was Marilyn Monroe who said, I'm a failure as a woman. It's not in athletic fame, Pete Maravich, one of the Pistol Pete Maravich, one of the 50 greatest basketball players of all time, came to a place in his life where he said, I had a six foot five bronze statue of myself, and it was in my attic because it meant nothing to me. Eventually, before he died, he came to know Jesus as his Lord and as his Savior and spent the last, spent the fourth quarter of his life going all around the world and telling people the story of how God drew him in with his love and his mercy. Well, it turns out, where then is real joy? I think it's simple. It's found in Christ alone. It's found in Christ alone. Let me shift gears and let's talk about peace because joy and peace tend to be linked together in the scriptures. Philippians chapter 4, if you'd like to turn there, I have it on the screen as well. This is kind of the go-to scripture that links joy and peace. It says this in verse 4. Many of you know this. I'm reading out of the Amplified Bible. By the way, Paul the Apostle was uh, on lockdown in prison when he wrote this. He was not in a very happy place. And he says this, Rejoice in the Lord always, that is, delight and take pleasure in him. Again, I will say, rejoice. Let your gentle spirit, your graciousness, unselfishness, mercy, tolerance, and patience be known to all people. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious or worried about anything. But in everything... That is, every circumstance and situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving continue to make your specific request known to God. Verse 7, he shifts gears and tells you the result of that. And he says, and the peace of God, and he defines peace as that peace which reassures the heart, that peace which transcends all understanding that peace which stands guard over your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus is yours. Can you say amen to that? Oh, 
peace. Peace. Man, do we not need peace in our, in our souls. As, as, the, as the, water of, the waters of life are, are, are just you know, 20, 30 foot swells and, 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 and you're, you're barely hanging on. And, and the disciples were in a boat with Jesus and, and he's asleep in the boat with them. And he stands and he speaks to the waters, peace be still. And, and it, it becomes smooth. And they're amazed. They're, they, they go, okay, we don't get it. We don't get this at all. Who is this man that even the wind and the waves obey him? Um, rejoice in the Lord. Paul the Apostle would use the word joy or rejoice 14 times in this short epistle. Um, not in your circumstances or situations, but rejoicing in the Lord. Uh, it turns out that our inner attitudes don't have to reflect our outward circumstances. Boy, are you good at that? Are you, are you, are you good at that? Our inward attitudes don't have to reflect our outer circumstances. Man, I'm learning. I'm, I'm learning on that one. How about you? Uh, because sometimes my inner attitude is reflects the outward circumstance. Man, I'm learning. Rejoice, as he says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Rejoice is a present imperative, which means uh, always, always rejoicing. But here's the key. Rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in relationship with him. Rejoice because of who he is and because of his promises and because of what he's done. Rejoice in, in, in him, not in the exterior things, but, but the key is to rejoice in the Lord. And then he says in verse 5 that others will see the difference in you. Others will see it. Let your gentle spirit, your graciousness, unselfish mercy, tolerance, and patience be known to all people. And so we rejoice always. It's a decision. It's a choice. But we rejoice in the Lord. And it turns out that others will see the difference in you. And also, it turns out that you are not alone because it says the Lord is near. The Lord is near. <sighs> okay. Okay. Verse 6 tells us to replace anxiety with something else. Because we have a tendency to be anxious. He says, be anxious of nothing. <sighs> Paul the Apostle, in prison, on lockdown. And he goes, be anxious of nothing. But, he says, verse 6, don't be worried about anything, but in everything, everybody say everything, every circumstance and situation, and he gives us a prescription. He says, by prayer. So, as the anxiety builds within me, then uh, rather than letting it just grow, and I'm, 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 I'm working on this. I have not reached this place. I, I have not. Rather than letting it grow within me, but I shift that energy to prayer. So, so, so anxiety comes, I pray. And I want to get better at that. How about you? I want to get better at, at when that anxiety hits me, I want to pray. Anxiety hits me, I want to pray. I want to immediately pray. Now, maybe you're in a situation where you can't, you know, because of work or something, you can I take a time out real quick? I need a little moment. I need to go pray. I mean, you can't always do that. But replace anxiety with prayer. That's the first step, prayer. Okay, pray. 
because what does it do? It deflects. It, 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 it takes that energy that's building up within me, and it, and it, and it, gets, it gets me focused up this way uh, with, with prayer and thanksgiving. That was the second thing. With prayer, hey, thanksgiving is Thursday. We're going to celebrate that. Yeah, and, and Paul the Apostle says when the anxiety builds, pray and then offer up thanks. Well, what if my situation hasn't changed yet? What, do you want me to deny reality? No, the reality is I have anxiety building up in me, and I need to pray right now that I'm going to thank God. For what? For who he is, for what I know he's capable of doing, for what he's already done in my life. God, I'm thanking you in the midst of this, even though my circumstances haven't changed, I'm offering thanksgiving. I'll tell you what, if I don't make a conscious decision to do that, I won't do it because I'll get stuck with the anxiety. Right here, and it just builds, and it just builds, and it just builds, and I got to go work out, or I got to go do something else. You know what? I got to get it in my head that when that starts to come, oh, you know what? Let's just pray right now. Let's pray. I need to pray. Pray. Whoo! And that dissipates that, and then I offer up thanksgiving. He says, don't be anxious or worried about anything, but in everything, every circumstances, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, and then he says, continue to make your specific requests known to God. Prayer, thanksgiving, and then just keep on praying. Keep on praying. Just keep on praying. Keep on praying. So pray. Oh, anxiety, pray. Thank you, God. Woo, that feels good. Uh-oh, keep on praying. Keep on praying. Okay, okay, all right. And then he says in verse 7, and remember I told you joy and peace are linked together? Because he says joy Rejoice 14 times, and then he says peace. So joy and then peace. And he links them together. And he says, the peace of God. Everybody say the peace of God. Here's what that peace does. It reassures the heart, which transcends all understanding. That peace stands guard over your heart and your mind. Over my heart, my emotions, and my mind, my thinking. Oh, this is so good. Oh, if I could just get this down. I'm working on it. I don't know about you, but I'm working on it. Oh, because what that peace does, uh, it overrides my understanding. It overrides my understanding. It guards my heart, the seat of my emotions. Because out of the heart spring the wells, the, the, the emotions, the, the anger, the bitter, all, it comes out of the heart. So it guards my heart. Uh, 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 I'm guarding my heart and my mind where I'm thinking. Oh, I'm thinking this. Good. And what about this? And what about that? And then my mind is like, I'm like, oh, oh. I don't know about you, but sometimes I need to tell my mind, be quiet. I need to tell my soul, why are you, David said, why are you downcast all my soul? Put your trust in God. Sometimes you just got to talk to yourself. Make sure no one else is around because they might think you crazy. <laughs> hmm. So, so William McDonald says this, what a needed tonic it is then. In this day of neurosis, nervous breakdowns, tranquilizers, and mental distress. What a, what a needed tonic. Boy, do I need that. 
boy, do I need that. That's a tonic I need. Philippians 4. So let me just, I'm going to conclude. Um, I thought about this. So, so before I embraced Jesus, I thought this. Did I really have joy? Did I really? Was it deep down and was it rooted and seated in my heart? Did I have it? Did I have that joy? No. No, I didn't. I didn't. Circumstances, things that made me happy, adrenaline rush, yeah. Did I have joy deep, deep down? No, 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 no. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. I thought I did. I thought I was happy. But did I? No. Deep down? No. I was kind of wounded. I was kind of bitter. I was kind of like, uh, not happy with who I really was. So I didn't. Turns out I didn't. Who knew? Who knew? So Romans 15, 13 says this. I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Romans 15, 13. God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. All right, so here's 10 things I want you to remember. We'll leave it up, and then we're going to take a missions offering, okay? 10 things I want you to remember. Uh, 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 and I got this from uh, that budding uh, Christian writer and theologian, Susan Corey. <laughs> Many of you know Susan. She goes to our church. Ten things to remember. God speaking to you, okay? I will give you rest. I will strengthen you. I will answer you. I believe in you. I will bless you. I am for you. I will not fail you. I will provide for you. I will be with you. Everybody say the last one together. I love you. God's promises to you. Let's go over it again and let's read it together, shall we? Number one. I will give you rest. I will strengthen you. I will answer you. I believe in you. I will bless you. I am for you. I will not fail you. Let me have the ushers come forward, and we're going to take of, um, an offering for our missions. <clears throat> One of the groups that we give to ministers to refugees in, um, in Turkey 
and their goal is to have Christmas parties for these kids. Uh, many of them are, uh, come from Muslim backgrounds. Um, many of them are believers in Christ. But whatever the case, they all have the same need, and they're all in need. And so they provide, they try to provide um, a somewhat stable environment. These kids have been traumatized, and uh, so uh, well, part of what you give goes to that. And I wanted to just kind of uh, um, acknowledge that particular group, and and um, uh, we give to Stacy Hayes in Beijing, and we give to um, the Statums up in Colorado Springs who are training and ministering and reaching a generation of, of young people to follow the Great Commission with YWAM of Colorado. So. So, Lord Jesus, thank you for this uh, opportunity to give. May you, O oh Lord, be um, glorified in our midst. And as we give, God, that you would take these finances and multiply them for the furtherance of your kingdom. We thank you in advance, O oh Lord, for um, what, you're, what you're doing. Uh, we pray for the, the work of the harvest, and we pray for the worker. God, that you would bless and that you would comfort and even strengthen those that are not with family, uh, serving out and about, Lord, that you would uh, bring love and peace and joy in their hearts this day. As we give, O oh Lord, we thank you in advance. In Jesus' name, amen. Go ahead and pass those uh, bags, if, if you would, please. Um, And uh, if I could have our, our prayer team uh, make your way up. We just want to be able to pray for you if there is anything that you're going through. And uh, maybe you need a miracle from God. Maybe joy is in short supply in your heart right now. I get it. I get it. Um, but uh, let's take these principles out of, out of God's word and let's, um, let's apply them in our lives. And... Um, see what God does. Amen. Uh, God bless you guys. Have a great, great uh, Thanksgiving. Um, start today by giving thanks and reaching out to those around you that need God's grace and mercy. Be blessed in Jesus' name.
So wait for you alone Just like the watchmen wait for dawn And here I finally found a place Where we'll meet Lord face to